Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode on the Corner Flag Talk podcast. Normally at this point, I just say as usual, I hear my boy Uzi. I did not have him for the last two weeks, and that was painful. But I have him here today, guys. Uzi, Uzi, good, my guy. Yeah, you know, trying to do an overseas thing, but you know, we gotta get the content out there. I was going on tell you if all didn't win this week, that this is what's happening when you don't record it, man. All it don't win. Simple as now. Right? But we're here, we like to talk about the latest in football. Um, any housekeeping, my. So, the next week, guys, we're going to have back some more of the regular content, some more YouTube stuff, some FPL articles, that kind of thing. So, you guys can look out for that everywhere, as well as on our website. We start back using that as well. And outside that, our anniversary is coming up. We're going to do another giveaway as we have done every year. And in doing so, we're going to really encourage you guys to follow us on TikTok. That will really mean a lot to us. And yeah, that is really it. Uh, we can get into the football this weekend. And I guess we can start with City, though, because Virgil, the first two goals all the score, yeah. I was... Well, the first three, because Bernardo scored the first one. I was really talking about the first two goals that Haaland scored, right? I was real normal about it. Like, there was two good goals. Most strikers would do those things, and you would expect Haaland being that quality to do it. The third goal that Haaland scored, bro, mm-hmm. that was scary, though. It was scary how... Look, I said today that I think Anderson has a very good candidacy to be in one of the PL's best centre-backs this season. Yeah. The way that he shrugged off him and gave the score that third goal, bro. His third, their fourth, it was scary. And he did it under pressure. Still knew where to put the ball. Still played past Gaita in that dog. Easy game done. Um, yeah, though, Wow. What was your thoughts on the game and about Haaland's performance? Yeah, from, from how, how that game started, they felt like it was going to just be, you know, the same old, same old, you know, every time, you know, Palace come against it, you know, they just turn to prime Barcelona. But, like, honestly, from being, you know, two goals down, it just felt different. Like, I don't know that what, what having a striker does, does cause, and like somebody yeah. like Haaland, you just know that whether we playing badly or whether we don't you know for these past four games, you know that Haaland will find a way to score. Like how you mentioned, like how you mentioned with Haaland the first two goals. Yeah, rightly so, you know, being a striker and being a striker of his pedigree, you know, he kinda honestly he would just right place, right time. And not not, not to discredit that, but you know, having a striker coming in, that's really what you what you want, that's what you expect from from your top striker. So, mm-hmm. you know, get in the right places for no matter where the ball drop him to be there and always be present. But, yeah. as, I men- but as I mentioned, for the for the fourth goal, uh, Haaland's third. Just Crazy seeing, just seeing that just felt so strange going all these seasons without a proper striker. The fact that how they went the ball reached close to him, he just he knew, okay, before you take a touch, he going to he going to use his strength to get the defender out of the game. One mm-hmm. touch, and so, so after that one touch, you know. It, it felt like there was no doubt. Like he just, he just brings this confidence into his side. But just from the entire game, 
you gotta give the team credit because honestly, going down to Palace and going down to Palace and your record we have with Palace, it would have yeah. been normal for, for the players to be deflated and felt like okay, same old, same old right now. But mm. that fight back, the spirit, the spirit is there and yeah, and rightly so. Like the whole how the players were celebrating, how Pep was celebrating. I mean, that's rightly so. That's rightly so. You feel like this games that City would expect to win, but. This season, I feel for a lot of games we talk about here, it's really about this whole mentality monster, and I feel like South like City really showed that in that game. Yeah, totally agree, bro. Um, I think that what Haaland represents of is that there is a constant source of goals in the City side. You supply him, you will get those goals. I hear there will be games that he won't score, um, just by the sheer quality of the team, that other men will get more goals, like against Bournemouth. But then there are the games that are like here and are like Newcastle that you want somebody, like you want to be able to throw up the bat signal in the air and be able to know Batman's going to respond. Mm-hmm. Haaland is that guy, though. Haaland is that guy. And it is scary, though. Like, I wouldn't lie. I remember when it was announced that y'all were getting him. I was not bothered by it just because I thought, like, I knew Haaland was obviously very good and I knew that he was one of the best strikers in the world and definitely the best um, out and out nine prospect in the world and he was just going outside that was really good and was already dominating the league and I, and I felt unbothered by it now right mm-hmm. but seeing games like today and seeing the different uh, well not today sorry over the weekend and seeing the different weapons that he adds to all your arsenal bro it's it is scary it is actually scary because the truth is, is that if this game was played last year I do believe you all at, at best would have drawn the game Michael lost oh, the game but yeah. I'll probably draw the game, you know? Because who else can't score that header, dog? Who can't struggle the defenders he did, dog? Nobody else in the squad was going and do that. And he adds another utility in the array of attacking options you'll have going forward. How 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 you smile, dog, when you watch him play, dog? It, it, and, and the energy he's bringing with you. Like, I loved his celebrations, though. When Haaland celebrates, it embodies to me the meme of are you not entertained? Like he right. is pure striker entertainment. Though. He's box office stuff though. I kid you not, Virgil, the game I'm looking forward to the most this season is when we play all year. Like I look yeah. forward to that the most right now though. And I actually really looking forward to see Haaland versus Saliba. I think that's going to be real enticing to see. Yeah, right. Yeah, right now, Haaland. Just seeing just seeing him coming to the Prem, and you know, there have been a lot of talks, you know, can he do it in the Prem, come from Bunch yeah. and we know how Haller record has been spanning from all the way back to um, when he was at, um, he was at um, Salzburg. Mm-hmm. He just, yeah, totally he, just he just plays football right now, like, mm-hmm. like, if it's like just a like game, like, like, like he, he doesn't just back here, fun. After, yeah, after this goal, it looks like He's, he will score, he will get another, and he feel like he also have this personal game going on where he just trying to bet each other best it. And I feel like as these weeks continue, he's going to try he go and try for himself to just score as much crazy goals as he as he could, try and get as, as crazy numbers as he could get. And mm-hmm. I feel like right now he like I feel like he he is he knows the pressure. I feel like everything that's going on online, I feel like he is aware of everything. He's aware of all the pressure right now. And he's just basking in right now. It's how I, mm-hmm. it's how I think um, 
food and had food and had, had, had comments or something and said, you know, yeah, just the, the player on, on something like KDB had comment comment after Sister Nala. He had food and had comment and said, you know, you know, he just say happy to happy to assist you something in those moves. Mm-hmm. And Haaland replied with finally because he know he know that for the past couple of games it had a clear chances where Foden could have squared to him yeah, and he, and, he yeah. and and he wasted the opportunity and it just seemed like right now like these players have this pressure right now and they kind of just unbothered by it and just playing this this their own game just living in it living in their own game and just having fun. Yeah, totally agree though. And speaking about being able to play with the pressure and like it is unbothered, Arsenal also came back. From behind to win two yeah. goals to one this weekend. And I messaged you and I was like, Virgil, we have to record because big yeah. teams came from behind against London teams to win this weekend. And so said, so done. That's exactly what went on with Arsenal. And Virgil, you're talking about your team being unfazed by the pressure. Virgil, I would say this is the first time in years though that mm-hmm. I had this extremely unique position. And um, we're like, you know, I feel like if we would go behind and I was not bothered. Like, I genuinely mm. was thinking when we considered small thing, we go in and score two. I honestly felt like that. And I'm not saying that in retrospect. When we went behind, I was calm and I had the confidence that, listen, this squad and our tetas, men, have earned the confidence, have earned the right to have that little bit of faith that when they mess up, they go in and correct themselves. And so said, so done, that's what happened. You know what I felt nervous with, Jill? I right, felt nervous right. when we went 2 1 up. That's what I went, felt nervous with. Then someone was like, oh, please don't bottle this. Please, please, please don't bottle this. But hey, it was a great game. The truth is, if Gabriel didn't give Fulham that chance, and I know Ramsdale made one or two saves, but and someone that had to lean into game state because we subbed off a defender and stuff like that. But I thought it was all us this game. Um, I think in the first half, we lacked urgency to be a little bit more incisive. And men was trying to score the prettiest goals and flick this, flick back, try to pass to the net and stuff. And in the second half, Gabriel realized he needed that urgency, put the team under a little bit of pressure and help. And then is when now the team started to be a bit more forceful. And look, I think Arteta has a lot to learn in his managerial career. I think he has a lot to develop still. And one of the areas that always came under scrutiny for me last season was his use of substitutions. As soon as we went behind, subbed off a man. 59th minute, 60th minute, something like that. See if they pepped it, actually. Subbed off his left back. Subbed on somebody more attack-minded. In our case, it was Nketiah. And I thought that despite Nketiah not getting any goals, he was brilliant. He was definitely brilliant. And listen, I know there's people that are not going to like what I'm about to say here. But Nketiah's Arsenal B option right now. And I think that he's a better strike option than what Chelsea and United have available in their clubs right now, with the exception of Ronaldo, who obviously doesn't want to be there. But in terms of the players that are going to be available and used and stuff like that, and Ketia is better than what Chelsea and United have to offer right now. Like, ironically, the one area of his game right now that I think is the one that lacking the most is his finishing. And when he came through the academy, that was the one thing he had. He was a penalty box player, but now he's struggling off defenders. He's struggling off fullback. He is getting into space. He's passing mm-hmm. well. He has tech. He's taking on men. He's dribbling. He has developed his game so, so much over the last year. And, you know, going into the summer, a backup striker was something I was thinking we would have need to get. Instead, we get an in-house solution for it. And I couldn't be happier for that. Um, 
another player that who added always, always, always put mm-hmm. under pressure is Odegaard. And he's somebody that I have a real love-hate relationship with. And it's not because I don't rate him. I rate him highly in terms of his ability. But what I want to see is that when games get combative, you raise your level. You are the captain of the side. Show that you deserve to be the leader of a side that is progressive. And I saw that this weekend. I saw that he was willing to carry the team up a level when Fulham was trying to make it combative, make it dicey, make it edgy. And he led the team forward. Forced the issue with a goal. And a really nice goal, even though it was deflected. A little step over before the shot. And he really showed to me today that there is a captain in him beyond the fact what people are saying, the superlatives and in all the little interviews he does. I saw that extra bit of captaincy this weekend from Odegaard. And if he can keep this going forward, then we can do some really special things this season. Yeah, and from the... Yeah, from the, from, the, just from the Arsenal game. I feel like last season, I enjoy covering Arsenal. Like I enjoy talking about Arsenal, you know, coming up, up until, you know, the, you know, mishap that happened with them missing out on, on Champions League. I feel yeah. like I enjoy covering Arsenal. It's just so strange now where I feel like I want to enjoy talking about Arsenal, but I have no bias because I feel like I'm talking to somebody <laughs> that, have my, that have my team in second. And holding the top spot right now, so it, 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 it feels like kind of bittersweet because you you've been seeing as a project, and you mentioned you mentioned Odegaard. You're just looking at the attack. I talk I talk about the front four. With them being young and them being inexperienced, many people talked about that talked about that last season. I know right now Arsenal, Arsenal, and many of the fans were also looking at you know bringing in like a backup a backup wing as well because you know seeing that how. There is no other backup for Saka and Martelly. I think I think Marquinhos is the only, is the only one. Only one, I believe, yeah. since Pe- since Pepe. And not really Marquinhos. So when you score, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> not not really not really Marquinhos. That's in everybody would want. But I feel like Martinelli is growing into that left wing squad. I feel Martinelli is playing with yeah. a lot of confidence. Martinelli have this energy that just going so well with with with, with um Jesus on top. Odegaard, oh, and we all know how Saka, how Saka was. You know, you know Saka yeah. is, is Mr. Energy from from he could cover all of, all over the all over the pitch. Mm-hmm. But that Arsenal front four, and even if even if um Odegaard, Odegaard is you know wasn't really captain and whatnot, what now that all all credit them being, being captain being captain of the team team. Mm-hmm. I feel like for just that front four, he needs to be the captain of the. He needs to be the captain of that front mm. four. He needs to be the one to ca- to keep everyone in place. He needs to be the one. He is he is the maestro in, in that in that front four. I like and that. and I honestly seeing it. Like I honestly seeing how all these players gelling together. I honestly feel like yeah, Arsenal fans might want because again, as I mentioned, Arsenal fans before would have wanted that other striker coming in, other winger mm. coming in. But I feel like with what they have right now, all these players, yes, them being young, but all them on the same wavelength. All them I, playing such good football together. And you know what's the thing, Virgil, with the exception of Jesus, right? All of mm-hmm. them experienced the losses of last season and experienced the hurt. And I genuinely mm-hmm. think that they aren't scarred by it. Isn't it? I think they use yeah. it as motivation. Like they know now what happens when they don't flip a result. They know now what happens when you don't when you don't turn a loss into a draw or turn a draw into a win. They have felt the hurt and the rejection of it happening. And I know this is early, and, and people, if this thing doesn't pan out, and say that I jumped the gun or whatever. But based on what we see so far, 
you know you've seen that extra bit mm-hmm. of hunger and that extra bit of professionalism like the honest to god truth is that i really do believe that if we didn't give away that goal then this game would end up being really standard because i think this game was actually the mm-hmm. game that we had the most control of whole season yeah. and there were some concerns with party being out and with tny being out and i've actually said that I'm okay with El Nani deputizing for party as long as Zinchenko plays because Zinchenko does so much for our build-up going forward compared to TNE, who is a good, uh, more natural, traditional left-back, I should say, compared to Zinchenko, who plays this inverted left-forward inside-back midfield role now, you mm-hmm. know, and who literally does, like, literally everything now. But... Um, credit to Gabriel for his due. The man screwed up, recognized it, and he got the win in the end. I was so happy for him. And it maintains a 4-4 four four record that we have going in the league this season. I actually thought this was Saka's best game. Um, even though he got the assist that, mm, I don't really care about assists so much because it wasn't really much. But in terms of quality, I thought this was his best game. I think he is. This was unlucky not to score. And Ketia was unlucky not to score. Um, Martinelli almost scored and it was a header that deflected it away from the goal and I saw people criticising Martinelli and I actually thought he had a pretty good game um, they were criticising his corners but I actually don't blame him for that I think that the club purposely did what they did in terms of the corner routine to try and target Leno where corners is one of his weaknesses as a keeper and so said so done that is exactly where he not crack boss to get the winner in the end um this was actually a weekend where each of the top six won their games. And I, I don't feel like that this tends to be a regular occurrence, so we'll move it along. And Manchester United got back-to-back wins this season. Um, this weekend, sorry. Um, it was a goal from Bruno Fernandes, who has been looking for a goal for the longest while. And despite what I may or may not think about him as being a creator or whatnot, he really has looked down on his confidence in recent weeks. And... It's really nice to see players like that be able to get a little bit of a renewed sense of belief. Uh, what I would say is that I don't think Southampton posed the biggest threat. Um, I have not really been impressed by Southampton so far this window and this season, sorry. And based on what they have so far, I could see them being pulled into the relegation battle, even though I hope not. And yeah, Southampton had a questionable penalty call, Virgil where McTominay was seen to basically be juggling the ball in his own box. Did you think this should have been a penalty? From that, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I, I think but... so too, boy. I, I think it's hard to watch an instance where a man touched the ball three times with his hand and it was going to land for another player to mm-hmm. not say it was a penalty, but I found I was kind of sceptical. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. So, so respect to all that, I, I mean, I, 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 I can't believe it, I can't believe it, I understand. I understand. Like, but, as a Southampton yeah. fan, you would feel hard done by it. Yeah, you know, for real, for real, would. Because, well, even from, from from the entire game, as I mentioned, you know, Southampton has, you know, for, like, honestly, from from this game, I, I'll agree with you, Southampton didn't, didn't really look like much of a threat going forward, but I really feel like from this game, this game was was down to the board keepers. Honestly, I feel like you know, I feel mm. board keepers. Um, they here and and the name um, Bazuna. Bazuna, yeah, yeah. I feel like both, like because I'm many early, he pull off a pull off a big save, and and the defenders were just throwing the throwing the bodies on on the line. Yeah, 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 yeah. All but 
all credit, you, you saw that, you know, Southampton was honestly putting in a shift defensively. And it felt, and honestly, it felt like um, up until the, up, no, even even after the Bruno goal, it honestly felt like, you know, Southampton could have nicked, some, nicked something back with the, mm-hmm. even coming on to the end of the game. But from all that, from seeing all that, I really haven't, I can't really find much positives to, to, to say for Southampton going forward. But, you know, really just, yeah. just keeping it, just keeping it on um, United. You know, I would say this is us. I will have this this commentary. I would say is also similar to the Arsenal game. It have it have these are the games that you know you have to get the three points on. These are these are these are the games yeah. that you feel like clubs of clubs of of these of those size must go out and get the three points. For everything else, whether everything else against the top against the, the top six, the top six um, opponents, if they get a point or if they manage to win, that should be a bonus. But these are the games that you're supposed to guarantee supposed to guarantee your three points. And our United, United, the Liverpool game, the Liverpool game was big. But if United had dropped points in this game, I really yeah, would have well, feel like it was it. nothing. I will look back on the Liverpool game and say, you know, that really, that honestly does felt like for sure. But right mm-hmm. now, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, to give all yeah, credit to them. You know, they they go they United and in, in, in the right direction. Honestly. Yeah, well, on that note, then um, it looks like they get into Bravka to compete with the here. The big one is mm-hmm. that they're gonna get Anthony. Um, yeah. How you see Anthony impacting life at Manchester United? I mean, I, I, okay, I understand you know, bringing in, strengthening the the wings, having strengthening the attacks. Because we know everything are going on with with, um, with Ronaldo. They will they will want some they will want somebody to come into to kind of like play with um all I, I, I believe would want to play with Rashford and Sanchez, and they will, they will have mm-hmm. Anthony. Mm-hmm. It, it 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 is a good buy, but. You see the thing with which with United. United is not a street is not a stranger from signing you no know, big names. United have signed many many big talents in the past, many many big attacking players. It just comes down to you know if they can get something tangible out of it, whether it be like you know honestly it will be a trophy or pushing for and competition really reaching finals. When Anthony reach Anthony, yes, he's an up and coming player. He has a lot of potential, but I. Like he, he is not some player that will give you confidence for me to be like, okay, as he comes, he will hit the ground running and, 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 yeah. and create anything big. He is still an emerging name that has a lot of potential. And one thing with United for managers and players, if you have potential which requires time, it's difficult to achieve that United. Because you know, the fans the fans tend to turn, turn on, on players and managers rather quickly. Mm-hmm. But don't mm-hmm. remember, you, Anthony will bring a lot of excitement for fans and everything. But if he doesn't deliver on the pitch, or if, or if something is not tangible at the end of the season, I hope I, I hope fans and fans don't, don't don't turn on the players, don't turn on the players too quick. But what I would say on Anthony is that he's not the record export of the RDBC, right? And yeah. he only had eight goals and four assists last year. And I know that he didn't play that much. He was a bit injury hampered uh, last year because I think he only made um, 20-something appearances in the league. However, that got you $100 million. That mm-hmm. relatively little in, um, in terms of output. And that being said, I think that there's a huge price that got him now to see if he's going to succeed. And there's a, even more of an expectation because he forced the move. Um, the manager knows him, mm-hmm. and he's supposed to know the system. And he's coming into a side that actually hasn't been clicking that well in an attack. And now there's going to be a huge expectation on Anthony to be the guy to not necessarily gel the whole team together, 
But to be a component that will hit the ground running just because he knows the manager, he's supposed to know the system and know the type of football he wants to play. And we have seen wingers like this, one of the best examples being Robinho, come to the Premier League and not adapt well to, to life in England. And I think that there is some potential for that. Like, Brazilians kind of have a hit or miss record in the Premier League, especially wingers. And I know recently we have an abundance of successes, right? I mean, Rafinha came in recently. Uh, he is just moving on and looking good. Richarlison had a good few years, couple of years. But over the past, we kind of have seen that transpire a little bit. Now. And I am a bit skeptical about it um, because there is also the code of physicality to deal with in the Premier League and how defenders going to take to having this man doing a fidget spinner on the ground yeah, yeah, I, 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 one other thing I want to add and this is not for, for United fans to take offense by it the, man, the new manager coming in the player from the air divisions it honestly reminds me it, it gives me a Memphis vibes honestly because mm. it, it is a star player coming. Look at me wrong. He has the he has the quality. I feel like United right now are trying to get back. You know, they're trying to get back that confidence in the club. You know, the moral trying to they're trying to raise that moral back in the club. From we talk not just the players on the pitch, we talk about everything that's going on in the club, from the fans, the board, everything. Mm-hmm. This, these new these new players coming in for such big price tags. It would put a lot of a lot of weight and a lot of stress on these players, and if they don't deliver, we know for a fact it, it is quick for for not only the fans but for the whole media to turn on them. And we know players like that that have that have potential. If they don't get the potential at 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 United, if they don't fulfill the potential at United, if our other club is to come and sniff at Anthony and he is and he's to go through go through a lot of at United where he feel like nothing tangible coming out of coming out of this move. He might he might make a make a quick exit. It might make a quick exit because for the player, I feel like it's it's not hard for him to do that. But you know, for the club and mm-hmm. the players putting that that hundred million behind him, you, you really had you really had, had a hope that like, hope he deliver. You know, hope he is mm-hmm. willing to mm-hmm. willing to you know stick with the pressure or, or also willing to you know commit long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. And the next thing too is that. Um, I think that with United now is that a big thing now is the fact that he has been backed, you know. Now you can't really mm-hmm. say that Ten Hag has been backed and I don't think mm-hmm. that it is necessarily fair to have the same expectations on him in his first season as compared to the first full season of places like Klopp and Arteta because it, 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 I think it all comes down to like how much you are allowed to remodel the squad. And nobody is saying now title charge or anything like that. At least I don't think anybody realistically saying that. But from the rumors and stuff like that, you're looking at nearly six or seven players that Ten Hag is getting to rebuild his eleven, and that's majority of the team. And when you combine that with a few players that should have been usable even from before, because this is the same squad that United fans were saying should have been title challengers tonight, um, last season, sorry, then. You have to have high expectations of Eric Ten Hag in the first season, man. And I think that's only fair. It, it, it's so strange now for us to be looking at this United team. And I know we don't want to shift, don't want to shift, and we don't want to bring down, bring down, you know, the positive vibes of United right now. 
But it's very difficult to watch this United side with the midfield they have, with the names that in this club. And did not expect them to finish top four. If they don't finish top four, it will be very difficult to find the sympathy and say, okay, they need time. You have you have a lot of players that you know that you know a lot of play, big name players. You have three have three players that, that, that have what three UCL titles, multiple UCL titles um, behind the name. Mm-hmm. It is honestly very difficult. Like if United don't finish top four, I mean we know we know this is a big constant talk every single season. But I feel like this season it will be very difficult to say give them time. I, I, want, I want to say that because all you mentioned with Klopp, we can look at Klopp and we can say, I right, with time, what could come from it? But yeah, and the thing is, like, I think out, that yeah. I think it it is obviously everything is with context, right? That you want him to challenge for top four. And like I think that if he doesn't make top four, but he doesn't make it in the same way like I said, I didn't make it last year where there was two points they didn't get any last match. They didn't die small thing. Yeah. You know, that is something that you could see. You know what tangible progress we competed whole season. He implemented his brand. We see the way forward. Fair enough. But you need to be in and around the conversation, especially after when you look at how much money is being spent. Because mm-hmm. I know it's not just about money. I'm fully aware of that. But it turns out the amount of players he's getting in. I think that he have to have higher expectations than what was expected of these other managers that was put in similar positions to, you know, try and revamp former big clubs like Arteta, like clubs, stuff, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know? Because, you know, what we're looking at right now is it was literally reported today that there's a chance that United pay $113 million for Osimhen on top of everything they've done already. So you're looking at a potential transfer of Osimhen for over $100 million um, you still pounds. Then you're looking at nearly a hundred million in was this in, in Anthony. You're looking at nearly seventy million in Casimiro. You're looking at Malasia. You're looking at Ericsson. Um, who am I missing out of? Um, um the, the Lissandro Martinez for nearly seventy million as well. And this is reasonably being backed by like a a, a bag actually because you know even when you take it up on inflation and stuff like that. Ten Hag is being backed way more than Klopp was in his first season or Arteta was in his first season. So, therefore, I don't think it's fair to have the same expectations as them. My expectation would be he has to compete for the top four. He doesn't have to get it. He has to compete. Show that he was in the the race. And if you fade away, then fine. Those things are marginal. But, like, you have to be able to have something tangible for spending over t- nearly 300 million as it stands and could be way blown past it by the time we're done talking here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyway, man, I say we're United here too. Well, I mean, hey, you know what is, right? Nothing has really ever changed. Um, moving on, Chelsea won 2 1 this weekend and somebody finally get off the map with a player that we yeah. both really like. The first goal, was it deflected? You think it was deflected? First goal, I can't, I can't remember how that went. No, and I, but I don't think I think any of his goals was deflected. I don't think so. No, I don't think kind so. of look kind of way, but I don't think so. And then his second goal was actually brilliant play from Chelsea back to front. And it was he actually should have a hat trick on the end of it. The yeah. one that he did post, though. I don't, oh my goodness, though. but hey, he looks he his movement has always been top notch. It's just a case about finding him in the right places at the right time. 
and they did that today. Like I said, it was easy. Could have had a hat trick for those who don't know. We obviously talk about Raheem Sterling. And uh, Chelsea won two one any day. Mendy, how long in the post Virgil? Do you think that he just kind of receded to his mean? Do you think Mendy's going through a bad patch? What do you think it is? If if I without me being in a political correct and all this whatnot, honestly, honestly, Man City made made Mendy honestly a big to big Man City really the team that that, that, gave, that gave Mendy a name. Let let's just be real. Mendy is a Mendy is a, is a good keeper, but every time when people look at these things and be like it's shocking, I'm like I'm not saying he's a he's a keeper that can't make mistakes, but everybody will now compare him to the to the the height that he was, the height height that he was, and the and the climax of his career. Mm. But the climax of his career was down to you know a bald man just overthinking re- realistically. <laughs> Oh so, my goodness, Virgil. You know, this, so, uh, this had to go on TikTok, though. Oh my goodness. Hey. But, going, but going back going back to, to, to the game. Yeah, it was the scary thing, though, Like, it, it yeah. don't even have that much. Like, though, what top class keeper have on the market, though? Like, yeah, and I, as you think, and really, when you look at the, the top class keepers. Have a day here. Even you, even you look at top class names, because you know, like, we, I know we could be talk, we'll talk about this when we get to like PSG. Because even like players, like if you look at top top players too, like Donnarumma, he is still full of mistakes and all that too. So yeah, it's hard, yeah. it's hard just to dip in, market. Look for a top keeper, you might have to find like a hill on them or something. But I mean, um, to be fair, they could probably get killed on our Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, I, I mean, also, also too, you know, also too, like our other. Like other, we're talking, we're talking big keepers. I know we'll we, we get to we this first game because I really want to talk about how Dean Henderson play, boy. That man, hey, that man, that boy. man is a monster. A monster yeah, yeah, boy. boy. But yeah, let's go back to, 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 to Chelsea. Yeah, with this show, this um, game, yeah, not honestly, man, he was very disappointed. I feel like from that performance, it wasn't the best from Chelsea, but you know that they had the, they had the win in their hands, and I felt like they wanted out to make that the pool for them was to have a clean sheet at the end. And, Mm. They really the, the defend the defenders. Blasted, yeah, because the defenders did well. Credit to Kukurella, honestly. He, he looked a really good going forward. Rich, you know, Rich James is just a monster going forward. And mm. but you know there were there were some um defensive things, defensive um hiccups there. But uh, but honestly, you know, they they um the main man in defense, you know, Kulabali is all suspended, so all that would would be expected. But Honestly, yeah. honestly, like Chelsea was not looking like the best, scariest team. We but up against a team like Leicester that is just lives to that just lives to be annoying. Chelsea hand Chelsea hand sure. well, yeah. and for still to come yeah. out and be the leading man and be man to lead lead the win. You know, it, yeah, and if it, it's nice to see. Still, is still, is the first attacker to score for them this season. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. Um, what I would also mm-hmm. say is this is the second game in a row that they got in a red card. Conor Gallagher got set up pretty stupidly. Oh, yeah, and I forget they were 10 men down. I think it is says something that they play better with 10 men, but also that mm-hmm. I think that I don't think Conor Gallagher is a good fit for where Chelsea is right now. If Chelsea were playing three in the midfield or four to three one or something like that, I would say, yeah, there's a place for Conor Gallagher, but I don't think there's a place for Conor Gallagher in a two man midfield. He is playing the role of this person who is supposed to be more defensive of the pivot. And just because he has excellent work rate and is a good presser of the ball doesn't make him that good defensively. There's more to the game defensively than just being that. And I think if Chelsea were smart, 
I think they would actually try to move him on and get the money yeah. that they would probably get at their maximum right now for him. Yeah, yeah. Though, but honestly, like from when they had like the rumors come out, come about about you know Palace wanting them back, I honestly felt like it really it would be good. Honestly, it would be good for for, for both parties, just the cash in and for Vieira to get back to get back Connor to Connor in that team. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, but everything you said, I completely agree. I completely agree with that. Um, anything else from this game, boy? Um, I thought Havertz was better in this game. There's rumors that mm. Boba gonna go to Chelsea. We have not talking about that yet, Virgil, because you know they're being ignoring me. Waiting for Boba going to Chelsea. Uh, if honestly I understand, you know, this gonna be a whole, you know, comeback, you know, I, I like a Giroud part two, come him going to Chelsea. No, I don't think so. Eh? But but, uh, I, but I, uh, no, but I'm not talking about like you know how Giroud was at Chelsea and how how you know. Getting trophies, getting the trophies and everything from being at Chelsea. I honestly feel like for Aubameyang to come back at Chelsea, you know, it, it honestly don't make sense for him. It's like he, he you were, you were in the prem, you try, you had, you had your, you know, spell Arsenal, you know, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. It just honestly coming on to the final season where he just was doing everything and everything but scoring. But for him to come, for him to come back, come out to the prem, yeah, I understand Chelsea, Chelsea, a striker. But for him personally, I feel like does he really need that move to come back to the prem and come back to the prem and go at go Chelsea? Mm. I I don't I honestly don't think so. I feel like you know it doesn't. I feel like he I feel like right now he 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 could test himself somewhere else. He does he could do he could do whatever. But you know, in foot, you know, in football, if the if the if the money paying you good, you know, that yeah, go it, it, it's to it's to go and, go and get your pay. What? It would be interesting to see. I feel like with the players around <laughs> around him, he would get service. But yeah, yeah. I feel like, yeah. I, I, I mean, like I can understand why Chelsea wants him, but for him personally, I honestly feel like it doesn't make sense to come back, come back, come back to the Prem to go Chelsea. Um, that being said, we move on. You talked about Dean Hendo already, and I would yeah. like to just drop a little stuff for everybody. Dean Henderson has had to face five penalties so far in his Premier League career. There's only been one person successful in scoring against him. He saved three, one hit the post. That is a phenomenal record, and he's the only player mm-hmm. to hold that record of persons who have failed five or more penalties, though. And you know what, though? He saved a penalty against who I think is the best penalty taker in the world, though. Like, I, I don't see that man ever miss penalties like that, though, except... Ah, uh, that one time in the Euros, though. But though he doesn't miss penalties, though. He's like one of the best penalties, if not the best in the world, though. And dog, kudos to Dean Henderson, man. Kudos to him, though. Um, Tottenham were usually as they are. Um, they tend to just leave the ball with the opposition. And look, I want to clear up something really fast, right? People are saying that how oh, if Conte's style wasn't going to work, it would have caught up to him by now. Listen, this style has caught up to him. It caught up to him last season. There was a period that under Conte, and he came in uh, literally at the start of November. He had plenty of time to sort on his side and whatever. Conte went through a period of uh, 15 games in a row. They were unable to put back-to-back together wins under Conte. And in that time, they were dropping points to teams like Burnley that went down and stuff like that. His style got found out. It is correct to say that Arsenal choked getting top four last year. Both things can be true. That Arsenal should get in top four. And people found a way to stop Conte. Because his side naturally doesn't create that much chances. And because of the fact that he has arguably the most clinical player in the league, in, in Huming Son, and one of the best creators in the league, in, in Harry Kane, who also is a fantastic finisher himself, 
and they managed to drag themselves across it. Season, I believe in every game except for the first one, they were um, behind the opposition on XG. And I really do believe that it is going to actually catch up to them eventually in terms of now the teams around them are better. I mean, it's obviously understood that Arsenal are better right now uh, compared to how they were last season, given how the season has started so far. And Chelsea are catching themselves. And Chelsea would definitely be better than them on the day that day. And if it wasn't for some shambolic refereeing decisions, we might have been here talking about a whole different conversation. Liverpool will catch themselves. We know that our match quality is there. You know, I, I stick by my guns and I say that I don't think Spurs going to finish top four. And I think there's a very real chance that Conte either agrees to leave at the end of the season or leaves before that. Because eventually, football doesn't lie. The ball does not lie. There's one thing when you're doing this with players who are, um, who can create chances on their own and stuff like that when Hazard was doing it, when Victor Moses was doing it. And Conte does teach a good system. But there's one thing to teach a good system with good players. He's getting by with having some very average to mediocre to not so good players in that side. And I stand by what I say. I think that it will catch up to him eventually. So, yeah, that was, that was my thing. Uh, what, what, what do you think about them? No, well, yeah, I, 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 can, I understand what you're saying. I, I feel like it would catch up to him eventually. But to me, I feel like it would. I feel like the time it would take to catch up to him would not be this season. I feel like right I feel like how Spurs is looking right now. I still I was I still find Spurs is like probably like, you know, the Spurs are a good shot for finish third, if not push for if not push for second. Because right now right now they're currently they're currently undefeated. These are the games where, you know, they need to like, you know, need to, need to get that win. I just say that all bright not undefeated too, eh? Yeah, it, it, I mean it's true, Brian. Not Brian. Not, I, I, I have a big coach, so we we understand. We understand. Right? But I, I don't get me wrong. I feel like I feel like you know, it, the team this season where I feel like you know people have to keep their eye out, and Brighton is one of them, honestly. Mm-hmm. But but I understand like from this from well well this is just for me going out for the game. I feel like with this with this not 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 game, there's not really something really to build upon and say anything big about Spurs because honestly, not Nam Forest. Don't have a team, honestly. Like I feel like I feel like this Nottingham Forest team is just a good a good keeper and just a set of players who just have who just share similar shoes. You see that how um, they're gonna sign. I think it's Lodi they're gonna sign this week, and that's why they're making the 19th signing. I, I, I do understand that. You know, I, I do understand how, where are you planned? How you plan to play? Where about players? play all these men? It doesn't make. I said they literally don't have a team. They they, they just have. They, they there is no team. There's no chemistry that's going to be developed from this side. Yeah. From this side, yeah. it's just there to, to look good. But going back, but going back to what I was saying, with spirits. The only thing that I would I would say that you know where luck comes into it, and you know this is the kind of unpredictable factor, is yes, I would say Spurs front front tree is up there as being like I'll be like one yeah. dangerous. Yeah, I would say are. that yeah. Spurs, yeah. but we're looking at the defense and the keeper. When Loris is on form, Loris is probably Loris is honestly probably like top five in the world. Loris could, could become very stubborn and, and could keep on anything similar to that defense. But when things go wrong with Spurs, and sometimes you don't know what Spurs you're going to get, they might have a bad week and that might, stre- and that might stretch off into an important game where they end up dropping points. Mm. You really can't tell with Spurs. Spurs is not a side where, where that could hold on to good form, honestly. It really comes down to other teams around them performing badly. 
So that's why we practice we practice Spurs. If Conley, if if Conte right now could keep these players, keep them focused and keep them strong and keep them and keep them heading in the right direction. Because when Chamati comes around and then and they and then the dog fight, when fixtures start, when these fixtures continue to get, you know, hectic, yeah, mm-hmm. you have um, European football to play. I feel like these are the things that kind of have schools that kind of send school season kind of down in a downward spiral, honestly. But honestly, what I would say yeah. is that under Oli, these were similar to Oli. Obviously, Conte is a way better coach than Oli. I don't, don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. the, the, the underlying numbers were very similar. Team players were um, overperforming their XG to finish. Although yeah. I think Son will probably always do that in his career because he's just that good. But players overperformed their XG. And teams against them underperformed their XG, and they were getting results because of that. And mm-hmm. eventually, it caught up to Oli. And I think it, I just think it's inevitable when your team don't create enough chances to outcreate the opposition at least, even if you're not that good defensively. But you outcreate the opposition, and they don't create that much. And mm-hmm. I think like stopping Spurs, it it obviously is not easy, right? Because Keane is is world class, Son is world class, and his own right as well. But they it is so simple as deny key in the ball. And yeah, Kulusevsky too, because I think Kulusevsky is a very good decision maker. But to say like Kulu does, you know, one does on the ball the way that Kane does is, is not the same. He's just very, very good. Well, Kane is, you know, like elite, right? Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, because I kind of had a um, go somewhere after here. Mm-hmm. Um, we are Liverpool winning 9-0 this weekend. They did not touch the record. Somebody said they think it about unspoken rule about um, nobody's allowed to hit 10. Yeah. Um, who would have ever thought we'd have a game week where Liverpool scored nine and Salah scored none, assisted none, and missed three big chances? Um, but Joe, we didn't really, I don't really want to talk about this game so much because I mean, it's pretty yeah. standard what we're <laughs> doing. Um, but I more want to hear because we didn't talk since the first game week. Uh, what was your thoughts on Liverpool's start of the season so far? And if you have any concerns, I know you must be real smile and laugh when they've been drawing and losing. But I want to know what was your thoughts on them so far? Yeah, I mean, Pete Mott will, will, will assume that you know, I've, been, I've been happy with how, how Liverpool's season has been going. But And you have been. For me, it's really disappointing because remember when we had, we had the, um, the season preview. Ah. I said I, I said that somebody I said that the main player from that I I feel will have a good season or people are to look out for is going to be Thiago. Mm. And I, it really is disappointing that what happened to happen to Thiago and him not being able to be in this be in the squad. I feel like that what everything that's going on right now is really just down to the midfield being bad, with the injury injury concerns they have. So I really can't read too I really can't say much into it and say this is down to anything, anything that they could control. Well, let me ask that question real fast, then, right? Yeah. And I will answer, and then I will give my explanation like 20 seconds after, nothing more, right? Uh, yeah. If you could assign one midfielder for them on the market right now, who would it be and why? One midfielder for Spurs? I know for, 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 for Liverpool. Mm. I feel like, I honestly, like if, 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 if it was possible, I, would, I feel like they should go for Parati, honestly. Ooh. I feel Ooh, I honestly I feel it. if that were ever a in that team, I would I, I want four if Rati ever go go that team. Okay, magnifico pick boy. I love that. I love that. You say that and I literally wearing Ferrati jersey. 
I love Big Play. That's our big player. That's our big player. Yeah, I honestly could see that. Uh, moving on, moving outside the league, just as we wrap this up, uh, yeah. there's going to be an actual Platini race in, in La Liga this year. I don't know if you got to saw the highlights yet, though, but though, there was scored two really nice goals. Though, and Barca actually looked great this game. They looked so fluid. They looked so um, potent. They looked so much on the same wavelength. Uh, with Rafinha on one side, with Dembele next side, with Lewa Trimela, with Pedri. Um, behind them, and almost all of them got a goal or assist. I think all of them actually did actually get a goal or assist. And Barca looked beautiful. They looked potent. They looked like they were playing the way that they invested this summer. They risked it all in terms of some of their future, and they getting the football they wanted this weekend. Now it's a case: Can you sustain it? Can you do that on the world's biggest stage? Can you do that in the Champions League? But it was brilliant. Did you manage to see any of the goals? No, I didn't. I didn't mind. I didn't mind to see, see any, but but. From, but anything I've been been seeing with Barcelona, people have been looking at his Bar- looking at Barcelona and been trying to find reasons to say why they're going to fail. You have, mm. this, you have this Barcelona side, yeah, we don't understand what's going on behind the scenes. But when, but at the end of the day, when you have when you have Rafinha, you have um, Dembele, and you have Puk, you just all you have to do is Lewandowski on top. How could you not expect this Barcelona side to do to do well in in La Liga? Outside mm. you out in Europe, it's a whole different story. But we keep it in La Liga. They will this Barcelona side will we look will look scary and right now it's no surprise it's no surprise with them you know with all the good all the all the good um you know good comments on stuff here and from how Barcelona playing like after ever after these Barcelona matches yeah and on the flip side Benzema also scored twice which one was a wonderful free kick by the French international um both them managed to win um Real Madrid are one of three teams to. Win all the league games since we started this season. Can you name the other two, Virgil? They say Real Madrid. Repeat uh, the question. Real Madrid are one of three teams in Europe's top five leagues to have won all of their opening games in their respective leagues. Who are those other two teams? Who were? Um... Don't get my facts here. Well, I know Arsenal, Arsenal there. I just wanted to hear you say that. But the other team is not one yeah. of my guests with it. So if you can figure it out, I respect it. I can get your hint. Yeah, give me a hint. They wear green. They wear green? Um just not really the first one. Green boy? I would say. Nah, watch make a guess now. Make a guess. Anybody wearing green as their home kit? I mean, how much of them could it have? I don't know. Well, it's our, it's our, it's our, it's our Wolfsburg and Wolfsburg in doing that. Mm. Have, um, it have. It have Sassuolo, but like green and black. Ah, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. But it's actually yeah. Real Betis. They've won their first three games of this season so far. Oh, really? Yeah. How that table looking then? Uh, but it's both of them tied on top for first. And Atletico lost again today. Oh, so. Real, oh, Real Betis is, 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 is the other team in that mix. Oh, yeah. I know, I, know it had, I, know it had, I know it was Madrid, somebody, and Barcelona. I forget, I forget Betis was, was the one in that mix. Okay. Um, the next thing I want to talk about Real fast, because I've got to say how to go, is just in this area, and I'm only touching on this because it's you. Carleta Car made his first start for AC Milan. And he assisted, um, what's his name? He assisted Rafael off his first goal of the season. And I would say 
dog, I only watched the highlights it, but Kalisa Carr, I mean, I knew he was a really talented player, but he looks brilliant, dog. Like, he yeah. actually looks like he can be a complete striker, like, not just about scores, but the tech, the dribbling, they be able to pass, to find others, dog, that even had one that he laid on for uh, Kalulu over the top. I am really excited, dog. It is really excited to think about what he and Rafael could do together and potentially to win the Champions League this year. Yeah, especially to have, have Giroud on top to, to finish it. You know, if All get, right. If push comes to shove, you could throw in the Max Money or Rigi. Yeah, and I still have, um, what's his guy's name? Um, Rebic. Still have Rebic. I still have, still have Rebic. EC Milan has firepower this year, though. Chelsea getting that tough spot is not guaranteed. It is yeah. not guaranteed. Yeah, but 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 respect, respect for like Syria, Syria and Syria, Syria looking good. I think it's what it's like six teams right now. Type type of I think so. Yeah, yeah everybody uh, sixteen right now on, uh, on seven points. Yeah, um, you saw that Juventus drew uh one all with Roma this weekend. Oh, wonderful goal from Tommy. Yeah, but that was that was good improvisation. Nah, but but but, but hey, but they give credit from Vlad. They give credit to that Africa from Vlad, which honestly, yeah, that was, wow. that was that was. I, I'll be honest, dog. I didn't know he had that on the locker. <laughs> I I didn't. I honestly didn't know. I, when I when I see that Africa flying, I was like, I don't know what I think. I think in all every other name, and then when I see him celebrate, I was like, since when he takes, since when he doing that. Yeah, that's actually ridiculous. Um, we leave it there, guys. Thank you so much, Virgil. Thank you as always, my guy. I love yeah. you. I miss you. No homo. And yeah, we'll catch you guys next time. See you soon. Take it easy. Later. Alright, boom. Nice. Um, you gotta download this and send me to download the video and send me to right. Yeah, Please right. send me this evening. I'll be again. Yeah. 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 I really do miss you, bro. It's not the same not happening here. Yeah. Like seriously. Mm-hmm. I might cry next time I see you. Um so yeah dog. You just send me a tiny WhatsApp, my friend. Right? All right, dear boy. All right, cool. Take care of it. All right, dear boy. Later.